passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, I am Mike J. He is Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's, and this is the best wrestling podcast you haven't heard of until now. How's it going, Mike? That's been a long week. I can back that up 110%, man. Been a long fucking week. <laughs> it's been a long week. We are your weekend break to bring you some knowledge maybe some biased i've been accused of uh on your pro wrestling and i want to address that i had a little conversation with one of our very own mike and you were involved in this conversation in our little group chat here at the podcast and accused of being too critical of aew and not critical enough of nxt my argument is that nxt is harder to pick apart i don't even think that was his argument his argument was, you watch AEW in a completely different way than you watch any WWE programming. Like, you will pick... And let's take NXT off the table, alright? I want to take NXT completely off the table. Because NXT is a very good product. I will and openly say that. NXT is a very good product. And it is hard to find flaws with NXT. But... I got one this week, just to, just but to you, put it out there. You will defend WWE on literally every decision they make. Even ones that Not are, every decision. Not, yeah, man, but you always have a, like, well, let's look at it this way thing with WWE. Um, whereas, when you watch AEW, there is no, like... Well, you know, this could happen or this. It's just criticism. And I think that, yes, you are a WWE guy. Nothing wrong with that, man. Everybody's got their own preferred thing. You're a Marvel or DC and guy. I, and, I, and it's well stated on the show. It's well stated on the show. But I think that you personally, over the last two years, and, I, and I'm going to say this as being like the guy that talks to you about wrestling for an hour and a half every Friday. Um, over the past two years, since AEW has become a thing, I think that you've let the AEW fandom and the AEW marks and their hatred for WWE affect you mentally in a way that you haven't understood to the point that now you literally are like the definition of the AEW versus WWE war at this point. But to my defense, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Um, (laughs) And honestly, it's kind of like low-key killing your credibility. Well, here's the thing, though. When I bring up stuff nine times out of ten, you agree with me. Yeah, I do. I do. Because because I watch everything critically. Everything. Like, I think anybody that's been a long-time listener of the show knows that I shit on everything. Well, um, listen. So, like, we yes, don't talk. critically, I watch these things critically. But I think that you watch WWE product as a fan, and then you watch AEW as a talking head. Okay, that might be fair, but here's the thing. 
we don't talk much main roster stuff here anymore, right? No, we don't, but I'm not talking about it on this show. I'm talking about it in our group chat and things like that. Yeah, I know. I know that. I, I know where you're going with it, and I get it. So I think for the for as it pertains to this podcast, I, I'm curious because man, NXT is gonna be the bread and butter in a couple weeks because AEW is gonna be on a Friday night. I don't know the exact dates, but it's coming up soon. It's um, and, the week before Memorial Day and Memorial Day week. Okay, so Not it's like, leading like right Memorial into Day is Monday. Memorial Day's yeah, it's going to be the two weeks leading into Memorial Day weekend. Yep. So we're going to at least have a chance with these two shows to see if I'm too soft on NXT because I know you'll call me out, right? Oh, you're I gonna am. Watch NXT. Oh, I am, and I'm, I'm going to watch beat NXT. The shit out of Shotzi Blackheart, by the way. I've already well, got it that's, set in my head. That's a bias on your part, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not because it's going to be countered to what you're going to say. Because you love everyone yeah, on that fair. show, and I and, think she's the cringiest uh, person in wrestling. I don't love, I don't love everyone, but uh, I, I stand by that at least with the NXT side, it's just a better product. It's harder, and to I'm pick not going to say it's not going to be harder for me to watch it with a critical eye. But again, I watch fucking everything with a critical eye. I like so. I'm gonna. There will be shit. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm excited probably, for that. But... Probably less than AEW because it is admittedly a sloppier show. But I'm gonna beat the hell out of NXT. I can't wait. We'll see. We'll see. I'm really curious to see how it ends up playing out. So let's just jump into uh, NXT for this week. How's that sound? Yeah, man. Let's do it. I heard it was a good show this week, actually. <laughs> it was a really good show. Surprisingly, it's hard for me to criticize, right? <laughs> I think it's hard for you to criticize because you have to, like, you have to go into defensive mode. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I, I will be, I, there's a spot in here that I absolutely hate, and we'll get to it. Um, it's later on in the show, and I saw people... Defend it that I know for a fact would be screaming about it if it was on the other channel. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm 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 gonna tear it apart here when we get to it. So there's that. And but you know, I'll, time will tell when when you, when we get to both watch NXT. I'm curious to see how it goes down. Anyway, this week, Mike, NXT kicked off with the NXT champion Karrion Cross going against Austin Theory. Uh, this all spurs off of the interaction with Scarlett and Austin and the way and them attacking him. So this is all good stuff, man. They put on a really, really good match. Something that I've really liked. So let me praise them right off the bat. This match ended with a ref stoppage, Mike. Oh, really? You don't get that very often. So Cross, so Cross just beat the shit out of this dude to the point that the ref stopped it. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Uh, there were three things on this show that stood out to me. Uh, two ver very good reasons and one for a very bad reason. This was the first one for a very good reason. You don't see that. But basically, the way to send it is Cross is just beating the ever-living shit out of him. Hits him with his finish. Uh, the, the back elbow, almost like a Judas effect, but not ex it's not a spinning. It's just a back elbow to the head. And then he puts his cross jacket submission move on him but 
theory's already out, right? So he's already selling that he's knocked out, and then he still puts the submission on him. So the ref just gets down and, like, checks him and just calls the match. Doesn't drop the hand, doesn't do anything, just like, no, this is done. And I love that because it's something you don't see hardly at all, but you definitely don't see it a lot. So it added a little bit of difference to this right off the bat, Mike. Nice. Okay. All right. I'm in the bag for this. I like that. That's a little different. Something to show a little little beast mode. Okay. Right. Yeah. So then we have a little callback, Mike, because right after the match, you know, we're we're doing the 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 cleanup, the post match, and Cross and Scarlet are standing there, and a callback to when Cross confronted Finn when he was the champ and just showed up out of nowhere, the background of the camera. Finn did the same thing and demanded a rematch, and we are getting that rematch, uh, I want to say in two weeks, Mike, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, yes, it is. Yes, I have it. It's two weeks from now. Do you two th- weeks from last Wednesday. Do you think this, um, I just want to uh, go back to the, the way and carrying Cross. Um, now, I know Gargano, is, is he still the North American champion? Yes, he is. Okay, I thought so. Now, um... Because I was getting ready to say, now I know Gargano is the North American champion. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Better confirm this. Okay, so I, do you think um, what we're doing with Theory in the way, um, Gargano would be a good challenger to get us through to SummerSlam weekend maybe, right? Yeah. For, for Cross. Like, I'm not saying at SummerSlam weekend. Maybe you don't want him to be the takeover guy. But, like, he's a good intermediary feud to get us to whatever the big thing with cross is but i don't know right throw that out there and the we're actually getting a in your house uh i want to say june 19th or june 13th i believe sweet i think it's june 13th so we're getting a takeover in your house uh so we're getting this match like two weeks Three weeks before that, depending on how you look at the calendar. Um, so we're going to have another challenger in between there. We've still got stuff with Pete Dunne. we still got stuff with Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, there's a lot of people. Of course, you throw Gargano, Theory, all these people in there. So I like what they're doing with this. I I don't see them taking this off of Cross already. Uh, so Balor's probably going to take the L here. But their match at Stand and Deliver was great. So I'm all about seeing it again. And there could be wrinkles added to it. You never know. Let's see. MSK faced Brizongo. Okay, so this was a good match. But this is the spot, Mike. I don't know if you saw it. There's been gifts. It's definitely been circulating online. There was a point in the match where we're doing, like, you know, drop down, leapfrogs, all that fun stuff off the ropes. And the ref gets kind of caught in between. And he does a leapfrog over... One of Brizongo, I can't remember which one at this point. And then the, we'll just say Fandango, for the sake of argument. After the Leapfrog runs right into a super kick from MSK. And I'm going to be 100% honest and up front. If I saw one of AEW's referees do a spot like that, I would lose my shit. And I have to agree, I don't like it here either. Okay. I'm not going to say it didn't ruin the show. It didn't even ruin the match. It's just one of those things where 
it's one of the reasons I don't like Aubrey in AEW. Yeah. It's because I like referees that are so good you don't notice them until you need to notice them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And this put him right in the spotlight. I I don't I don't need this. I don't need spots like this in my pro. It felt really indie to me, Mike. Um Yeah, okay. I get that. Um Here recently for me To love wrestling again, man, I had to, like, like, I've been, like, kind of talking the last couple months on this show that I've been kind of experimenting with, like, going back to watching some, like, various forms of wrestling that I used to watch in my youth and have become somewhat critical of on this show. Um, the indie stuff for me that I'm seeing on major programming, like, what you just mm. said, like it made it feel mm-hmm. indie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is now what I am particularly looking for in a wrestling product. Um, it, it is what you're looking for? Yes. I um, I think part of the reason I'm not enjoying WWE main roster product, partly, um is because wrestling has become too produced to me. And it feels like... Um, wrestling's supposed to feel like you're watching like a combat sport, right? Mm-hmm. WWE feels to me like I'm watching... Um, ballet. If that makes sense. No, I, I get what you're saying. I feel like I'm watching something that is, and it's not just, I don't mean that just about the in-ring work, I mean it about the promos, everything else. I feel like I'm watching um, a... You feel like you're watching a movie. I feel like I'm watching a, a fucking movie uh, with some, like, um, I honest to God, that's what it feels like. I feel like I'm watching a, a fucking movie, or I'm watching a TV show about a wrestling show. Yeah, I know, I get what you're saying. And so... Like, the indie stuff that, like, like you just brought up, like, it made it feel indie. That's personally what is, like, drawing me to wrestling right now. So, I don't know. I'm going to go back and take a watch at this and see, like, if maybe my feelings on it are different than you. Because um, I am personally right now being drawn to kind of more, I don't want to say sloppy, man, but, like, underproduced would probably be a better word for it. I'll say this too. The other thing that bothered me about it, I meant to say it at the start of this, the spot, but like he had to kind of force his way into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that I can see where the problem is with that. He had to force. Yes, I get you. You ever hear someone play so, guitar that like is just learning how to play guitar and every song they play sounds just absolutely forced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's yeah. what that. That might have even been my bigger problem with it. I still stick to the, I think, referees should be in the background. Uh, I don't know. It, um, it's probably not as big of a deal as I'm making it, but it irritated me. Be, uh, in wrestling, referees are characters now. Yeah, I don't like that. That's, um, that's 
that's a Japanese thing. I believe it started like Red Shoes is a person. He's a character, man. It's just that's like right. a thing in wrestling now, and you're probably going to start seeing it creep its way into WWE a little bit more. Uh, well, all right. So we get Pete Dunne, uh, of course, seconded by Oni Lurkin, and he is going to take on Leon Ruff. This is actually because Leon Ruff attacks him because Ruff is asking for a match. Regal won't give him one because of uh, the brutality of last week's match, even though he's cleared, but he ends up attacking Dunne. <clears throat> and then, of course, they have a match. Uh, fun match. Ruff, man, he's a little dude, but this dude can go. And again, we get done doing his little finger manipulation. It just freaks me the shit out. I don't yeah, know how he does it, but man, it looks rough. Looks fucking painful. Yeah, but Dunn, of course, wins this. Uh, let's right, see. Right. So we had a we had a uh, NXT Women's Championship match, if you recall, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. You know how I feel. See, people, I don't like. You know how I feel about Mercedes Martinez. Um. I'm going to say this was the best I think I've seen out of her. Yeah? Do you think it was just the competition? I mean, I've seen her against quality stars. Right, that's true. That's true. It's not like she hasn't been given quality competition. Right, so I don't know, and Gonzalez is still, I think, learning. So maybe it was, maybe they just had good chemistry. I don't know. You know, I'll tell you this: as much as I stick up for WWE, I need them to stop putting Oscar and Rhea Ripley in a one-on-one match against each other because they have what I would probably refer to as negative chemistry with each other. Uh, their best match was at WrestleMania, and everything after has been a downgrade each time and I don't want to see that for either of them. So stop making them do it. You know what I mean? Kind of deal. Uh, this might have been uh, the opposite. This might've just been good chemistry between two women. And it, it was a fine match. Best, probably my favorite Mercedes Martinez, uh, NXT match. And of course, Raquel Gonzalez wins. Um, I don't really think they were setting anything more up here. Maybe this was just a blow-off. Maybe there's more. I don't know. I didn't pick anything up on that. Uh, I'm sure someone will say I missed something, but it is what it is. Let's see. So we get the debut, I guess, the official debut of Swerve's faction. They're going by the name Hit Row. And this was fantastic, Mike. It's a promo. I can't go over a promo. Right. I can tell you it was good, tell you what I liked. I liked they all kind of stated, for the newer ones, who they are, why they're there. Um, man, it, it was top-notch. They already look like stars just from their presentation and the way that they did this promo. I'm interested to get your opinion after you watch it because uh, it was really, really... It was a really good segment, and I feel like with some of these groups, NXT is really investing in having some strong factions uh, in their organization on that roster. We then get Kyle O'Reilly versus Oni Lorcan, and of course, this is the new Kyle O'Reilly, the laid-back Kyle O'Reilly. The match was fine. This was mostly to set up. O'Reilly gets the win. Of course, Dunn's with 
Orkin or Lorkin, and uh, I called him Orkin, like he's a sweeper. <laughs> Orkin, man. <laughs> so O'Reilly beats Lorkin, and then of course Pete Dunn gets in and attacks, and we get the double, the double team, which leads Mike, leads to a run-in from one Robert Fish. Really? Robert Fish comes in, even the odds, they fend off the heels, and then O'Reilly says, thank you, uh, you know that I'm kind of doing my own thing, man, and O'Reilly says, or uh, Robert Fish says, yep, and I got debts to pay too, and they kind of leave it at that, man, so it's not like we're getting a reunion, but I guess we're setting up that these two, at least for now, appear to still be friends, Mike. Hey, that's cool, man. Like, right on. I was hoping that out of the fallout of this, at the very least, like, the possibility of Red Dragon remaining a thing would be there. So, right now, the possibility appears to still be there. And yeah, I'm sure that that could change down the road. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like, anything can happen. It's pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, something I didn't bring up. Uh, we got another uh, Cameron Grimes segment. Oh. This is this one. He, he he's at an auction to buy a mansion. Uh, he keeps throwing out, you know, two million, three million, four million, whatever. Eventually, you hear a voice in the back, eight million, and of course, it's Ted DiBiase. Uh, <laughs> I love all of this. That goddamn Ted DiBiase. It's just good stuff. I I don't. I know there's some people that don't like it, and I just don't understand that. But this takes us to our main event, Mike. Two out of three. Here's what I don't understand about it. Hold on. Here's what I don't understand about not liking it. I actively hate comedy and pro wrestling. Like, uh, to the point that like I hate Santino Morello. I hate Toro Yanu. I fucking hate it. But even I'm like, this is good shit. Could be my because I'm a DB Austin man. So. It might be, but it, it's it's good shit. I I have to. I'm not a huge DB Austin mark, but this is good shit. And I don't mean that I don't like the guy. I'm just saying he's not one of my guys from that era. But I do like him, and, and I enjoy these. So two out of three I falls was, for the I NXT was, Cruiserweight I Championship. Was MySpace friends with Ted DB Austin. That's pretty sweet, man. No was shit. He in your top eight. Uh, obviously he was. He, uh, my dude Jonas met him through, like, um, okay, this is really weird. My dude Jonas was, like, um, he's a pastor. And, um, so through some church things, he just became, he started going to this Bible study with this guy and his son. And they, they like, he went over to play cards with them one night, and they had pictures of wrestlers all over their house. But, like, the pictures were from within their house. And my dude Joan is saying like a wrestler guy or whatever, but he was like, hey man, like, I recognize some of these people. And they're like, oh yeah, man, like, Sting, okay, so it was like Sting, DiBiase, Nikita Koloff, all like the well-known Christian wrestlers, right? And mm-hmm. when they like come through Ohio, they stay at these people's house. And stuff. They somehow, like, met them through some, like, I don't know. I don't know. Some, like, Christian wrestling thing, I guess. But, um, so anyway, Jonas ended up meeting Ted DiBiase. And, like, they were MySpace friends. And I sent it, I just left a comment on his 
this is back on MySpace day. Okay, so if you don't remember how MySpace worked, you didn't. You just posted on the person's wall. That's how everything is done, right? So I posted on Jonas's wall. Bro, Ted DiBiase is in your top five friends list. I'm super jealous. And Ted DiBiase responded and was like, you, you could just send me a friend request, man. If you want to be friends with me, we'd just be friends. And I was like, sweet, I'm friends with Ted DiBiase. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love stories like that. And the things that just come out of left field. Anyway, aha, see, transition. Something else that come out of left field. This was the second thing that really stood out for me. Third thing total. Second good thing, I should say. So this match starts off hot, Mike. Uh, Escobar gets the jump on Kushida after the bell rings. And he's kind of really just pouring it on. A quick two, three minute offensive fury from uh, Escobar. And of course you see... Hey, 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 uh, hey. You know why AEW doesn't have a cruiserweight title? Because all their titles are cruiserweight titles. <laughs> I was going to say, because none of them are heavyweight. Because well, all uh, their titles are cruiserweight titles. So, Mendoza and Wild, of course, immediately start to interfere and distract a ref and blah, blah, blah. And then literally out of nowhere off the screen, you see MSK just dive bomb them over the rail. Because, um, of course, earlier they stated that they want the titles. So, they start to fight, and the ref throws all of them out, which was MSK's plan to make sure that this match went down with no interference. After that, we get, you know, them going back and forth, but Escobar actually ends up getting the first fall, hits the Phantom Driver, gets the first fall, and we're we're getting ready to go to a commercial break. You know, they separate. Ref makes sure Kushida's ready to go. He goes. He gets a little bit of offense in quickly. Escobar tries to do something, I believe, off the rope, right as Vic Joseph is saying, stay with us, we'll be picture in picture as we're going to break, and then Kushida throws immediately into the hoverboard lock, and then Vic Joseph is like, no, don't go anywhere, truck, stay here, truck, stay here, telling the production truck not to go to commercial, as we see Kushida locking this, the hoverboard lock in, and then Escobar quickly taps it was a cool moment because again i'm sure that it was pre-planned but we had this real life fight going on right quote unquote quote, and quote. the announcer is telling the production don't go to break yet this shit just happened and it's probably going to be a fall which it was and then of course later we got wade barrett saying hey he had to tap this is a two out of three falls he doesn't want that arm to get damaged so he quickly tapped Get the fall out of the way. We're even, but now he's healthy. And it all made sense. Everything of it was good. The timing was good. The don't go to break yet was amazing. Something you don't hear very often. Something they don't do very often. And it really worked. This match was fantastic, Mike. Kushida ends up retaining in a two out of three falls match. Um, it, it, this is this is one I always tell you, man. If you got one thing you can only watch from NXT... This is it. Go watch this match. Overall, I thought it was a really, really solid night at NXT. I feel like they've really been... I always love them because I'm biased, but <laughs> I feel like they've been doing even better work since moving to Tuesday and being the only show. So, there's that. I'm going to have to watch this show. 
It was a solid show, man. This match sounds That's really it. interesting. That match sounded really good, man. Like the cruiserweight title match. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that. I fucking love Kushida anyway. Um, yeah, he's fantastic, man. I really, really enjoy him. Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, I wasn't sure how they were going to use him on NXT, but they're making the most of it. Ever wondered what it's like to have an argument with yourself? Well, this right here, pretty close to that. This is Drive-By. Uh, so, you want to talk some, uh, AEW? Yeah, I I watched most of this, and, uh, I'll try not to be too harsh, but it's going to be hard on this one. Uh, yeah, this wasn't a great show, admittedly. Which um, isn't actually fair, because I'm going to say this. I really enjoyed the show overall. There were just some things that I really didn't It wasn't a bad like. show, no. Huh? Overall, it was a good show. There's just, I, I had some problems with some things, like chunks of it. Um, something I did not have a problem with, though, was the opening match. Um, John Boxley versus a fucking four-time IWGP heavyweight champion of the world, Yuji Nagata. Um, Mox coming out the wild thing, I thought was dope. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, um, Onita has restarted, uh, FMW. Um... It's not called FMW anymore. It's called like FMW something. Um, and is bringing back like his hardcore deathmatch style. Um, and uh, Onita, his entrance music is a cover of Wild Thing. So I thought it was dope that Moxley, I'm pretty sure this is just a one time thing as like paying tribute. But I thought it was dope Moxley coming out to Wild Thing, Con, uh, you know. Popping a little money out to, so we could get the exclusive there. I thought that was cool. Um, he came out to uh, as huge a pop as you could probably get from a crowd this size. Um, also thought it was pretty cool that Rocky Romero was in the crowd. Shinsuke Nakamura was backstage. Um, Mox obviously is going to pick up the win. You know, it was a 12-minute match. I, I thought it... I, I personally... I personally really enjoyed this match because it was it was essentially a New Japan match, man. It was strong style. It was uh, elbows and knees and suplexes and trading strikes. So I enjoyed all of it. I, it was 12 minutes. It was exactly what I needed. I saw some people complaining online. Oh, I can't believe they only gave Nagata 12 minutes. It's a fucking two-hour show, man. 12 minutes is the perfect amount of time for a match like this. Uh, my let, fi- let, uh... Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Can I say? Yeah, I'm gonna say something because you know I'm critical. But <laughs> be honest, man, this you... is one of my favorite singles, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, whatever you want to call him, match that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the hell out of this match, man. Yeah, it was a New Japan match, bro. He was fighting yeah, the God, man. Super fun. See, the thing with Moxley that I'm starting to realize is, man, that Moxley himself does not have a style, right? He just goes to whoever he's fighting. Exactly. He molds himself to whatever his competition is. So, 
remember when he had feuds with Seth Rollins, man. Those were good matches, right? Because mm-hmm. he matched mm-hmm. Seth Rollins' athleticism. Uh, when he fights a strong style guy, uh, like Lance Archer in New Japan, him and Lance Archer had great matches because they just beat the shit out of each other. Same thing here. Moxley right. matches his competition. Um, except Kenny Omega. I think that he doesn't know how to form himself to what Kenny Omega does. I'm not saying their matches have been bad. I just don't think that they clicked as well. Anyway, my favorite part of all this was post-match. Moxley with the show, respect. Uh, like yeah, that was New cool Japan, too. Doing the bow mm-hmm. and then all the way getting down on his knees. Um, personally, for me as a New Japan fan, knowing what that means and represents, I got fucking chills. That's that's pure wrestling shit right there for me, man. I got goosebumps. That's awesome, man. Um, Inner Circle promo, it's just Sammy. Um, Santana? I <laughs> one, one half of them. Um, I'm not sure which one's which. <laughs> and uh, Jake Hager. Um... So, uh, they're, they're calling out the pinnacle. They want a rematch, uh, solid mic work from all three. You know, they're like, Jericho's hurt. My boy's in jail. Cause he stabbed you with a fork and he pressed charges, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is awesome. By the way, it's awesome that he stabbed him with a fork and it's awesome that the character of MJF pressed charges <laughs> because that's what this dude would do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this was solid mic work from all three, short and sweet, just like it fucking should have been and needed to be. Uh, so something that wasn't short and sweet this week that I had a very big fucking problem with. Cody Rhodes comes out. <laughs> so. All right. Um. I'm just going to read my notes that I took as he was talking, right? Is there a lot of notes? It's about a paragraph. Um, but it's all like train of thought, right? So I'm Are just they gonna, all over place like that promo was? I'm, yeah, I kind of. I'm just going to read it as I wrote it. Cody promo. He's proud to be an American? What the fuck is happening? Are we really doing a foreign heel gimmick with a British dude? Of course right? we are. Of course we are. I also didn't even know this guy was anti-American. This promo is mad cringe. Cody really just gonna come out here and pontificate on the greatness of America and cry about his future daughter for like 10 minutes and everybody's gonna cheer. Oh, crying again because he's going by American Dream for one night. I can't stand this fucking guy. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you know his dad was Dusty Rhodes? <laughs> Just, 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 just fuck off, man. Like, just fuck off, dude. Deadline did a fucking article about two weeks ago called Cody... The title of the article was Cody Rhodes needs to fuck off more than anyone's needed to fuck off in the history of fucking off. And it's true. Like, bro, fuck off, man. Like, please. Like, like, I'll tell you, like, 
some things right now that would help Cody Rhodes out. Let your hair go black again. Go back to your natural hair color. We get it. Dusty was blonde. This shit, it, like, you're going by the American. I, okay, it's cool, man. My dad is the shit, bro. My dad is the shit. He's a great fucking dad. There's no one in the world I could imagine respecting more than I fucking respect this man. But, like, if my dad passed away, I'm certainly not going to fucking start calling myself Randy. And, like, (laughs) dyeing my hair brown and, like, growing a handlebar mustache. Like, it's just... And the American thing, man. Like, like what what the fuck are we doing? What, what the fuck is this? Like, like we're really doing this in 2021? In the state that this fucking country is in right now? The state of disarray that this fucking country is in right now? Where the fucking politics are ruining us from the fucking inside? Killing us. And the best fucking thing you can think to come up with right now is a fucking foreign heel gimmick with a British guy who's anti-American. And also, speaking of this British guy who's anti-American, hey man, no one is fucking impressed by a bronze medal. No one. (laughs) No one. Which, don't get me wrong, in real life, uber impressive. If I met a motherfucker tomorrow and he was like, yeah, I got a bronze medal, I'd be like, word? Can I see it? Uh, But on pro wrestling, where we've had Kurt Angle, who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, your bronze medal don't mean shit. It don't mean fuck all nothing. Nothing here. Nothing here. I just didn't, like, and then... Did you see Brandy's tweet it, about the promo? I found it more impressive that we had a four-time IWGP made-up title fantasy like sport guy like on this show that I give a fuck about a legitimate bronze medal winner. And no, I didn't see Brandy's tweet. Twitter's a cesspool. That pro- this is her tweet. That promo was a piece of history. I've never been moved like that. I wasn't ready for it. I can't wait until our daughter is old enough to understand it. Well, I'm 39 and I didn't fucking understand it. Dude, it was all over the place, man. All over the place. Anyway, SCU did a promo. I don't think we need to talk about Cody anymore. It's well known how we feel. Just, Just dye your hair black, man. Here's the other thing, like, if you're gonna try and do Miz shit with, like, the suits and whatever, um, cause I'm not of the mind that he's like, everyone's like, he wants to be the Miz so bad. I don't think he does. Um, maybe he does. Um, but here's the thing. Um, look, man, um, the Miz is a fucking fashion icon like i'm gonna put that out there right now you can hate the miz all you want you can think some of the shit he wears is fucking stupid but i'm gonna be real with you about 10 years ago i went through a phase where i was heavy heavy into being like gq put the fuck together like every day everywhere i went shirt and tie minimum right um Mm -hmm. i got very into like fashion and shit like that. Scroll through my Facebook page about 10 years ago, man. I'm like daff- dapper as fuck, man. Like suited up everywhere I went. 
Um, so I paid a lot of attention to like people that dressed the same way at that time. And there's even a picture of me and the Miz on my Facebook page where I'm like suited up and he is. And it's like, and he was like, thanks for dressing up for the show. And I was like, right on my man. I got you. That was my 30th birthday. Actually, I turned 40 this year. So it was 10 years ago. Um, the dude, so like, I know like something about how you put together a suit, right? I'm not going to claim I'm a goddamn expert, but you know, man, some people did pay me to take them shopping. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, at one time I was trying to be like a personal like stylist like that. So like, you know, I know a little something about something just because I'm a black t-shirt fucking camo cargo shorts guy now. Like, this is 10 years ago, y'all. Like, now, I'm back to my fucking roots. You know, metal till I die. Um, but, like, here's something The Miz would never do. The Miz would never be standing there in a $1,000 fucking suit with his jacket hanging wide the fuck open. <laughs> Everybody that wears a suit, listen to me now. When you stand up, button... Your fucking jacket. When you sit down, unbutton your fucking jacket. Those guys on NFL Live, I don't know what they're doing sitting there with their suits buttoned up. I hate it. Drives me crazy. I think it's just for TV. But the rules of suits are, when you stand up, you button that motherfucker. And you'll notice that the Miz's shit's rarely unbuttoned. Only ever unbuttoned when he's fired up. And I cannot stand that Cody comes out here and wears a suit that is that fucking impeccable of a suit. That blue, oh, with that white shirt and the blue and red and white belt. Oh, it was tasteful. Tasteful. But not at one point was that fucking jacket buttoned. Not at one fucking point. I get it. You want to come out and cut your promo? I even say that. I'm button that jacket. I'm about to cut a promo. I'm going to need to move. I can't be held in by this button. I get you. The Miz does it too, man. But the Miz walks to the ring with that motherfucker button. Anyway, SCU had a promo video. Um, in my notes, it says prediction. No way there's not a dusty finish on this match. Um, so, SCU versus the Bucks with the Good Brothers and Don Callis for the AEW tag titles. Um, I'm just going to, again, read my notes. Nick Jackson looks hella stupid with that goatee, but I also suspect that's the point. Um, this was an incredibly entertaining. This was an incredibly entertaining match, ruined by the mockery of one of the purest moments in the history of the business. Dusty, I'm so glad you said Dusty that. Dusty Ish I saw finish, people defending that. Half right, fucking great match, but dot dot. Great dot. match. Great fucking match, man. Great fucking match. Of course, these teams have wrestled like 112 times. In the last eight years. So, great match. However, mockery of one of the purest moments in the history of the sport. Uh, I'm sure there's people defending but, this. There is no defense for heels, this. Mike. But they're heels. I but get they're it. Heels. They're heels. You can be a shitty heel man and not make a mockery of... Honest to God, man, these guys sell themselves as were the purest wrestling fans on the face of the earth. 
and now we're running a company. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I had a real issue with this. I did not like this at all. This yeah, shit, I didn't either. This shit, I, this shit like immediately took me out of this fucking match. And, and it was a great match. I also didn't understand why, like, SCU's done, and they just went to the back where they were, the Bucks locker room was getting destroyed. Like, why didn't we see some, like, they could have embraced, they could have done they something did. with they SCU, They did embrace. Right? They did embrace. It was in the picture in picture. Uh, well, that's even Bullshit. Worse. Bullshit. I would rather it not even been showed. Bullshit, right? Or what did they show yeah. it when they came back? I saw them embrace. I don't know if it was picture I in picture. I never saw it when they came back, when so they, it okay. had to be the picture in picture. Because right, yeah. I skip all picture in pictures on every show. I, honest to God, I do too, but um, I think I must have let it play then. That's no shit. I skip all pictures and pictures. I can't do it. I don't watch the wrestling when it happens, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, um, Mox and Eddie trash the elite dressing room. Um, Christian interview. He wants a member of Team Taz next week. He's going to be in the Casino Battle Royal. Hey, so is Matt Seidel. And he's actually wrestling Christian next week, so you can't always get what you want, champ. Um, Matt Seidel, still not great at promos. Pac, <laughs> he's just, he's not, man. He's not. He's not. He kind of stumbled through it. Pack versus OC, number one contender match. OC's Orange Cassidy, for those of you that don't know. Uh, again, just I, I literally just read my notes. Um, Death Triangle is my favorite faction in all of the world. Sorry, L.I.J. Um, <laughs> okay, so Don Callis interrupts and distracts Ref while Kenny Omega sneak attacks Pac. Orange Cassidy, they're trying to get the double 10 count, which they do get. Um, Tony comes out says it's triple threat now per Tony Khan I'm for a triple threat this match was okay uh, I don't want to even say okay it was a good match it's just I um, I think the story that they're trying to tell didn't allow this to open up as best it could well let me let me interject a little bit here because I uh, want to do something shocking and give them credit, Mike. Uh, now, unless we're getting worked, which I, I'm on one part of this, I know we're not. Uh, do you, did you see that Orange Cassidy got knocked out during the match? Okay. So it was not the... Uh, what What's that move called? Not the power... The version of the power bomb that he did where after this the match stalled. It was actually the kick where Cassidy bounced off the ropes into like a super kick from Pac, and dude was out cold, like dropped right I to the mat. I actually did not hear about this. I take that back. What I said. Okay. I don't know so, why I said yes. <laughs> he was out cold. He rolled out to the side. You notice Aubrey checked on him. Yeah. And then they went to break, and there was no action the entire break. Um, this one I did watch the picture in picture because I was trying to pay attention to what was going on. Of course, you guys know I watch, well, you, I know you do too, Mike, but watch these a couple days later. So trying to catch up on this, trying to see what was going on. And I'm going to say, I don't know what the original ending to this match was supposed to be. I have heard that it was supposed to end up with a triple threat regardless, but I will say if this, 
interference by Omega and Callus coming out to stall and all this stuff was done on the fly, which I'm just going to guess and say that it was, that's impressive. But then I'm all gonna, also going to say, how can you come up with that on the fly and you still put cardboard over a crash pad? Right. I don't think it was on the fly. I think that was the planned ending. And it just worked out. You think that was planned? Maybe, I think it was a planned ending it was, and it just worked out. Maybe it was planned, but they had to change it. Like, maybe Omega was just going to come out. You know what I mean? With it, Maybe it was planned. They just put it. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I think the standing tail count was always the plan. I just think they had to move to it in a different way than I think they probably would That's very to. possible. It's very possible. So, I'm still going to give them credit. <laughs> Um, the elite. I, f- I feel like they. I feel like they need that for me on this show, Mike. Okay, well that's right on. If you especially with right especially ahead. with what's coming next. Yeah, this is bad. Um, the elite. Uh, just gonna read my notes. Elite are happy about the dressing room. Bucks challenge Moxley and Kingston. Mostly cringe. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> um. Look, I feel like I can't say that now, but it was cringy as fuck. You can't say that now. It's okay to be critical, man. It's just <laughs> not to be so goddamn one-sided with your criti- criticisms. Um, this was very bad. Like, uh, Luke Gallows could stop talking tomorrow forever. And I think I'd be just a-okay with that. Um, he's cringe every time he opens his fucking mouth on AEW TV. And I don't know what the fuck happened to the rest of them, but they all are cringy too. Um, Nick Jackson, please don't ever fucking talk. Ever. Like, holy shit. You are so obviously... The Christian of this group, except without the like future Hall of Fame solo career upside, you you are Marty Janetti in the purest sense of Marty Janetti. <laughs> like 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 it has become so noticeable how much better of a professional wrestler Matt Jackson is than his brother over the last six months to me that it's unreal. That I can't believe I never noticed it before. Or maybe Matt just got that much better over the last six months. I don't know. Maybe I should go back and watch some of their old shit. But like I'm just finding it mind-blowing. Mind-blowing right now. How much fucking better at this job than Matt Jackson is. Than his brother. Anyway, this thing was fucking terrible. Uh, Page in the Dark Order. Um, Page challenges Brian Cage for a match at Double or Nothing. Without any members of Team Taz around. Because he feels that he didn't lose last week to Brian Cage. He lost to Team Taz. He thinks he can beat Brian Cage. Which he can. Let's be real. Um, He can. The Pinnacle uh, come out to celebrate. MJF's wearing a crown and a pink suit like a fucking boss. Um, like, Like this dude came out and I was like, this cat is really out here wearing a fucking crown. In a pink, in a pastel pink suit. Like, what the fuck? What a fucking awesome, awesome, awesome pro wrestler. Um, 
This was another excellent promo by them. Tolly went on a little long, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, interrupted by the Inner Circle, who drive in on a side-by-side, pulling a cart. Jericho pops out. He's actually here. His arm's in a sling. Wants a rematch. MJF says no. Sammy sprays them with a hose that's mounted on the top of the side-by-side. And uh, so it pisses everyone off, and MJF agrees to a rematch now. But the stipulation is that it's Stadium Stampede at double or nothing with the inner circle breaking up if they lose. So uh, he gave Jericho till next week to decide. We all know that they are going to agree to this. Well, they are. I just listen. The first, the the all the inner circle, or I'm sorry, all the pinnacle stuff of this segment was fantastic. And then, not only was the truck that was carted in, or whatever the hell that was that was carted in, ridiculous and silly looking, but the stream that then the pinnacle had to sell like they were getting knocked over by. Oh, I just took it as they were slipping on the water in the ring. I, either way, I I, no. I said it last week. <laughs> Say it again. If you can't do it and make it look good, don't fucking do it. I've never personally been a fan of anything getting sprayed in the ring. I wasn't a fan of the beer truck. I wasn't a fan of the milk truck. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love the beer truck and I love the milk truck. But here's the thing. Like, the milk truck played off of the beer truck, right? Yeah. Like, same company. Same guy. Uh, Wasn't same Austin guy. in the for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're playing off of that because it's something Austin did back when he was a, a good guy. And now I believe this was a time when Angle was the good guy and Austin was the heel, correct? Yeah. So, we're we're retelling the... The same story, a different way. Uh, Olympic hero, using the milk, the wholesome guy. It makes sense. This has no history. This is doing something because you saw it years ago and thought it was cool, and then doing it poorly. And I just... I, I, it's a bad idea from Stupid Creative. I didn't think it was that poorly done. I thought it was very poorly I executed. Didn't. It just didn't pay attention to the stream or any of it it looked like a parody well it kind of (laughs) was but a bad parody and i just i i hated every part of it and it sucked because i really enjoyed the pit the pinnacle part you know what i mean yeah they're consistently great the pinnacle consistently yeah they really are they really are and then that brings us into uh, Britt Baker Jr. interview. Shit was dope as fuck. Go watch this. If she doesn't beat Sheeta, double or nothing. And that's no like disrespect to Sheeta, who I think has done a fucking great job of like literally carrying this division on her back for the fucking last year. But holy shit, this fucking promo was really good, man. <laughs> Like she 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 has to win this, right? She has to. She has to. Oh, she has to. Like if she doesn't, I'm probably going to buy this pay-per-view too. 
Um, cause I'll be on a fishing trip with a couple buddies that weekend and I don't fish. I just sit on the boat and fucking get hammered. Um, or I don't even go on the boat. Like they like to go early in the morning. Nah, fam, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to wake up, go get some pancakes, start drinking. I'll be here. Um, but one of my friends that's going is a huge AEW fan. So probably going to end up getting this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thunder Rosa versus Jasmine Allure. Uh, Jasmine is 0-3 in 2021, but she has a real shot here. That's my notes. Um, that, that's my only notes for the match, too. Uh, this was a quick match. It was a squash. It's exactly what it should have been. Thunder Rosa still right. out here looking strong. So let's yep. get to the main event of the night. Look, I'm going to say this real fast also. Just because the title main events regular TV doesn't make it a main event title, okay? Miro, <laughs> Miro did not ascend to the main event this week, all right? That's not, that's not what happened. He did not. He is a mid-card champion. Um, Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Um... Samira so basically shithouses Darby before the bell. We just did this last week, man. We just did this last week. And here's the other thing. Why did Sting stay in there and watch it? <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, I get it. Darby's a face, and he's one of those scrappy, Shawn Michaels-esque underdog, come from behind, I stand on my own two feet, you know, shit. Um, but if you stand it on your own too, if you were standing like were that, you wouldn't have Sting with you in the first place. Um, like, do you remember when Sting was hanging out in the rafters? He didn't have any friends, right? Like, come on, man. There's like, don't get me wrong, that weird month with Macho Man before Macho joined the NWO. But you know, what else? Uh, so I just thought it was weird, you know, like. Even as a face, it's okay for Sting to be like, hey, man, you know. Also, I think it's weird that all this shit happens in front of refs. And then the refs just like, yeah, we're going to fairly start this match now. But that's every wrestling company. <laughs> every wrestling company does this. Let's people just get the shit beat out of them in front of a ref for like five minutes before a ref. Well, it doesn't start till the bell rings. You can do whatever you want. Really? Really? That's a stupid wrestling rule. You know? That's a really stupid fucking wrestling rule. Well, Bell hasn't rung yet, so he can, you know, basically just beat the shit out of him with a baseball bat for 45 minutes. And then we can ring the bell? Like, come on, man. It's dumb. It's dumb. Anyway, Miro fucking shithouses this kid. Um, I am starting to become a fan of one thing with Darby Allen, and that is how he sells. A dude is a goddamn ragdoll. Yeah, he's a good seller. Dude, when he, like, got thrown into that fucking... Okay, so remember when he had Miro in the chokehold? I, you said you didn't see most of it, much of this match. But he had Miro in the chokehold at one point. Match, Dude, every time this kid takes a bump, I'm like, that's a dead body. Every single time he takes a bump, I'm like, wow, that's a dead body over there. And it's not a dead body. It's just a hell of a bump. Kick and fucking sell, man. Kick and fucking sell. I'm still not hip with his whole... Uh, typo negative vibe, but whatever. Um, Miro gets the win. 
after the match, Archer comes out to confront Miro, and the show ends. So, congratulations to Miro for becoming <laughs> a seven-time mid-card champion. <laughs> I said that jokingly, but like I'm also being serious. Like, congratulations to Miro. Like, I think he'll be good in this title position here. Like, I think I think he'll be a good champion for this. Even though realistically, Darby Allen's probably going to win it back at double or nothing. Because he's going to say oh, the same boy. thing Paige said. Give me a fair match where you don't jump me before the match. But he says that next week. And then they're going to fight at double or nothing. He's probably going to win it back from Miro. Because that's how it works with this belt, right? Yeah. Someone told me this week know. that this belt... I got an argument online with someone about this being a fucking mid-card title. And he was like, it's a main event title. And I was like, you're fucking stupid. Um, he's like... He's like... Uh, it's a main event title because of the prestige of it being defended every week, and I was like, "It's been a it's been a title for like for like nine months. There's already been four champions, three of whom have been career mid carders, one of whom is a fucking nothing overall in the world of wrestling, and it's defended weekly against um, NW." A, wrestlers and various Dark Order members. So let's please just chill on the fucking prestige talk here. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... One time I watched Eddie Guerrero in 1995 defend the U.S. title against the outlaw Joe Gomez on Nitro. That doesn't make it a main event. No, I mean, yeah, I I'm totally with you on that. I agree 100. percent It's not a main event title; it's a mid card title that like, was being defended like, do you in the main remember, event because the main title wasn't being defended that night. Do you remember some of the people that like WCW frequently main evented Nitros with a U.S. title defense, like pretty much like weekly almost. And some of the people that right. would get shots were like fucking laughable, man. It was just laughable, like. Like, okay, yeah, Scott Flash Norton's definitely going to win this one. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, and nothing against Scott Flash Norton, who I love as a New Japan wrestler, but we all know where he stood in WCW's hierarchy. Anyway, so let's go take a break, I guess, and then we'll come back and talk about some things. Yeah, let's take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, quick, quick. Who's it doesn't boss? matter Who's what your boss? favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. 
We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Breaking hearts and breaking kayfabe. It's the Mike's on Mike and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Alright, Mike, just a couple things before we wrap this show up tonight. Um, Zelina Vega. News has come out that she's apparently filmed some stuff at the PC... And it sounds like she's uh, coming back to the WWE. And I want your first initial thoughts on that, Mike. (laughs) It's not exactly what I was going for, but I I see this playing out in a couple ways. And maybe you can guide to what one you think is more correct. So we've both stated on here that she kind of played her hand, and she kind of did the you won't do it, and they were like, yes, we will, and, you know, they followed through, right? So while neither one of us were excited that she got let go, uh, we both kind of said, eh, she kind of did it to herself. But here's the thing. I can't, maybe I'm wrong, I can't imagine she didn't get some offers. Or Do you agree with that? So, is it a matter of, she got the offers? I mean, let's be real, before I even go further. AEW was kind of, the next week, like, bashing them for the whole Twitch situation, right? On their show. And what, what hotter way would it be to bring the person in that, you know what I mean, that, that was responsible for like the hoopla over it uh but uh, were the offers just maybe not what she thought they might be money wise so she waited men fences you know alistair isn't apparently going anywhere and makes her way back is it or were there just no offers is it she she supported, showed support for unionization and pro wrestling. And even though, you know, we have companies like AEW stating they're going to change the universe, we also have Cody stating how pro wrestling unions would destroy, or wrestling, damn it, unions in pro wrestling would destroy the industry. Was she like tainted goods and no one wanted to touch her after that? Here's the thing. Uh, I think it's a little bit of two things. One, it's probably one to like you know be where her husband was. Like who doesn't in the industry right. want to like work in the same place, you know? Um, and okay, man, 
I'm not going to say there weren't any offers right, but... Like, who the fuck cares about Zelita Vega? <laughs> well, like, especially who, at the like, time, like, I would say you could take cares? a Zelina... Yeah, but I would say at the time, that you could have took a Zelina Vega and immediately improved on AEW's women di- women's division at the time. Um, Because I'm not going to sit here and act like Zelina Vega is one of the best workers in the world. I'm just saying for what they had when all this went down, however long ago it was that it went down. Yeah, when all this went down. Yeah, when all this went down, they couldn't fucking sign her. For 90 days, yeah. Yeah, and after 90... Uh, And then COVID happened, and it was a limited thing. Right? So, I mean... Here's the deal, dude. In all aspects of her job, She's slightly above average. I would disagree with you on that. I think she's a fantastic manager. Okay. But but we aren't fucking talking about a manager right now, right? We're talking about her improving the women's division. Yeah, I know. You're that's fair. Um because that is those are her options, right? That's her go somewhere and be a wrestler, right? Like let's talk about that. You would like, think. You would think, yeah. She's slightly like Where's she going to go that she's, she, she, like, yeah, at the time she would have helped AEW's women's roster. Like, yeah, but only in the way, like, here's the thing, man, I don't think she brings any in-ring value. I really don't. Um, there's a hundred fucking girls out there in wrestling on the indies right now that are just as good or better than her that you could get to come in and wrestle. Um, the only thing she'd maybe do is bring some eyes because she's a WWE person. It, which mm-hmm. brings me to a thought I also had. Because when I watched Miro get the win, I was like, another WWE guy holding this title. And I was like, that's... And I was like, eh, pushing the WWE guys hard. And I was like, you know, like, why is that a bad thing? Why do um, we why do we rag on them for that? Why do we get on them for using legitimate people like stars? Like they're already listen. stars. Like we wouldn't have never ragged on WCW. Like when Bret Hart came in and won the US title, what no one like, oh, another WWF guy over here getting the title shot. No, it's fucking Bret Hart. Like of course he's getting a fuck to like these are like legit people. Why? Why do we bag on AEW when they use stars? Shouldn't matter where the fuck they came from. No well, one was like, no one was like, well, got to use an NWA women's champion star. Like, no one does that. When when you say we, do you mean us or do you mean in general? Because in general, I'm, I'm in general, if I'm wrong. in general, we don't, don't think... we don't, we don't do that. You and I. You and I right. don't do that. I mean, in general, why is this a negative thing? And why are we pre-programmed so, to have these thoughts? My answer would be, for the in general, be it the IWC or the hardcore like AEW section of the IWC, it's because we don't like WWE so much 
and we want AEW to be their own thing that we don't want to see former... We want new stars. We want our own stars. Does that make sense? Uh, I think it comes more from the WWE marks. Nope, another WWE guy. Can't yeah. build their own yeah. stars. I think the AEW fans love Miro. They loved Luke Harper. They don't. I don't. They don't care where their stars come from. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to be more of like I... a like a WWE fan thing where it's like, nope, another WWE guy using our cast-offs over there. But it's like they're not cast-offs, man. They left. They left of their own accord. Like, Yeah, it might be. It's probably a little combination of both, if we're being fair. Yeah. I just don't see how that's a negative thing. People say it like it's a negative thing. And it's like, that's no, I don't. I, I, I mean, use who you have. They're all under contract, and some of them have more... Uh, oomph to them I don't know that's not the word I want but that's the only word coming to my head and it's because of where they've been yeah no and you know I think when it comes to Zelina Vega it again it might be a combination it might be a combination of some people maybe companies were a little leery of her and maybe lowballed her or didn't have the amount that she wanted or was getting or could get from WWE and it's probably a, also a matter of cooler heads prevailing. Maybe they've worked something out with her. Maybe she'll be able to stream. Maybe they'll have a channel for her through a WWE. I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, if she's happy, uh, good for her. You know? Hey, whatever. Good for her. <laughs> Ryback's doing his poll again. Um, no, I don't not, care so much that not, I'm not even going to go look it up. I'm not even able to vote on it. And let's see. You think Chris Jericho's arm is actually broken from that fall? Yeah, Mike. What? Pro wrestling's not real? Listen, but it's being reported by multiple dirt sheets and like such as people who have a lot of credibility like you certainly like, uh, are look a motherfucker certainly ain't doing stadium stampede in a fucking two weeks with a broken arm okay this this is a valid point that you make um stadium stampede anyway, ain't no regular match come on we almost all, killed all we almost killed saying... matt hardy at the last one <laughs> all i'm saying is if homie broke his elbow Falling into a mattress covered in cardboard. You, you might want to get that bone density checked. Bro, you frail. <laughs> You're getting too old to do this. Get that bone density checked. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Nah, man. You guys are... Nah, I don't... <laughs> You're not even going to say that. Oh, wait. You got to say that for the end. I See, you almost too. trampled over my outro. I know, man. That's why I pulled back. That's good. See, that's a good good co-hosting job right there well guys i say it every week it's been real it's been fun we'll catch you next time guys beautiful we love you have a great week new episodes of drive-by are available every saturday on apple podcast spotify amazon music and everywhere podcasts are found like us on facebook at facebook.com slash pod. And follow us on Twitter at DriveByPod. This 
has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network. Until next time, bye.